In the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. John the Baptist preached in today's gospel, prepare the way of the Lord. One of the main themes of the season of Advent is prepare. It's even on our altar paramounts, prepare. Make ready. As we prayed in today's collect of the day, stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son. And preparing is likely in everyone's minds this time of year, as we prepare our homes and our church for Christmas. By the way, thanks to those of you who helped decorate the sanctuary in the narthex for Christmas. It looks lovely. At Christmas, some of you may be hosting family and friends for Christmas parties. And as you know, whenever you throw a party, preparation is crucial. A lot goes into preparing a house for guests. Now, last week, I got to go down to Mississippi to visit my family for Thanksgiving, and my parents were hosting the big dinner, which meant, of course, that in those few hours leading up to when everybody arrived, there was that major scramble to get everything ready in the last minute. And you know how this goes? Is the food all ready, right? Are the special Thanksgiving-themed uh, towels hanging up in the bathroom? And most importantly, clean up. Sweep, vacuum, remove the clutter. So my kids and my siblings' kids had all been playing in the living room, which of course looked like a disaster, like a toy bomb had gone off. So we were scrambling around picking up all these toy debris and all the junk and putting it in like every closet and drawer we could find. And then spent the next few days trying to find where everything was that we had hid away. We were running around hiding stuff in the back rooms, clearing the way so the house would be prepared. Cleaning up is a key part of preparing the way since it shows honor to the guest. Who wants to invite folks into a cluttered home? Now, if that's what it means to prepare our homes for special guests, what then does it mean to prepare our hearts for Jesus? Does it mean to clean it up, like cleaning up the living room before company comes over? Remove the clutter and debris? Clean out the sin and shame? Get your life and your heart nice and tidy, and then you'll be ready for Jesus? Well, that can't be. After all, Jesus only comes to forgive sins and to cleanse sinners. So, think about it. If preparing for Jesus meant cleaning up your life from sin, then you would have cleaned your life of the very reason that Jesus came in the first place. You would no longer need him. Jesus only dies for sinners. He does all the dying, all the forgiving, and all the cleaning. We can't clean it anyway. If it were up to you and me, we just make it worse, like asking a two-year-old to clean her diaper. No, Jesus does all the cleaning. So, what then does it mean to prepare the way for Jesus? It means to repent. But repentance does not mean to clean up yourself, to make your heart ready for Jesus, 
since Jesus is the cleaning one. So repentance must mean something else than you ridding your life of sin or hiding your shame in the back rooms. Repentance is what John the Baptist was all about. Luke 3, from today's Gospel, John went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Make the paths straight. It's a great image for us to consider. Fill the valleys, lower the hills, straighten the crooked paths, and smooth out the rough ones. But how do you do that? If you're leveling out valleys and hills, then you need to have some kind of perfect standard by which to measure flatness, don't you? And if you're making something straight, you have to know what straight is. And how can you know what rough looks like without some kind of standard of what smoothness should be? You have to have a standard, an ideal, a perfect measure by which to judge things that are crooked, low, high, or rough. And so for the Lord, that's the law, the Ten Commandments. And that is what prepares the way. You have to know what straight is if you're going to identify what's crooked. You have to know what smooth is if you're going to find the rough places. That's how God uses his law. He holds it up to us to show us our crookedness, our rough edges, our full-blown sinfulness. And that's what John the Baptist was doing out there in the wilderness. And it really gets to the heart of what repentance is. Seeing your sin for what it is, confessing it to God, and throwing yourself before his mercy. John held up the Ten Commandments to everybody who came out to hear him. To those with abundance, John told them to give generously to their neighbor who had physical lack. To tax collectors, he told them not to abuse their authority or to steal from their neighbor. To soldiers, he told them not to use their power to falsely accuse, to threaten, or to steal, but instead stop coveting and be content with what you have. The law must be held up to each of us to expose our crooked sin, our high pride, our low shame, and our rough idolatry. And so, consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Are you a child? Have you been disobedient and disrespectful to your parents? Rolling your eyes at their parenting? Mocking them to your friends? And refusing to love them by obeying? Are you a parent? Have you lost your temper? Have you been selfish with your time? Have you modeled the Christian life for your children? Are you married? Have you put your spouse before yourself? 
Or have you sought your own desires more than those of your wife or husband? Have you coveted or lusted over the spouse of others? To the unmarried, have your eyes wandered or lingered where they ought not have? To the worker, have you been lazy or wasteful? Have you been dishonest? Have you only spoken the kindest things of your supervisors and your co-workers and subordinates? Have you been worried about money lately? As if it could make you happy and solve everything if you just had a little bit more? Have you been anxious about the future of the country lately? As if earthly leaders could solve the greatest issues that we face? Have you taken the threats to your faith as seriously as pandemic threats to your body? Have you scrolled the Lord's word a tenth as much as you've scrolled the internet, fretted about the news, or indulged in your hobbies? Repent. The law has revealed your rough edges, your crooked sin, your dark and cluttered heart. And with that, the law's job and John the Baptist's job is done. The way is prepared. We see our sin and confess it to the Lord. For he is the Lord who does all the cleaning, all the forgiving. As we scramble in our Advent preparations for Christmas, gifts become a centerpiece of the season. And that's okay, I suppose, since our gifts to one another and to those in need grow out of our Lord's gifting himself to us. He is the gift from which all other gifts flow. The thing about gifts, though, is that they're necessarily undeserved, right? You can do nothing for a gift. If you do, then it's a wage, a payment. That's the most unfortunate confusion brought about by the children's Christmas song about Santa. He knows if you've been bad or good, so you better be good for goodness sake, or else you'll get coal in your stocking. Well, if you have to be good to get gifts, then those aren't gifts. Those are deserved. Our Lord puts no such contingency on his gifts. In fact, his gifts are only for the sinful, only for the undeserving. With him, repentance and forgiveness are all undeserved gifts from him to sinners with plenty of high places, low moments, rough edges, and crooked hearts. He comes for you and your family, and he does it all for you. All the preparing the way by having his law preached to you to reveal your sin. All the calling back to him in repentance. All the cleaning and all of the forgiving. In the name of Jesus, amen. We stand for prayer.